Hey, this past Friday night, let me just tell you this. Our ladies had a time with God that was so special. If you were in Sisterhood Conference, why don't you make some noise? If you came, if you weren't there, I'm so sorry. But God showed up. There were tears on this altar. As people were walking out, leaving, I looked across the bottom of this altar, and there were teardrops, and God spoke to some women, and God moved on our behalf, and the Holy Spirit showed up in a special way. It was so powerful. It was a, it was a wonderful night, a wonderful okay. night. They, uh, it, it's really cool to see. I got to be one of the men that got to stand in the room. When women worship, th there's something about the way they worship that they could get a little bit crazy for Jesus. That's all I gotta say. It was a powerful night. God had a, it was a ton of women here, man. Y'all filled this place up. It was powerful. It was so good. And we got to hear from Pastor Megan two times, which was amazing. And it's not stopping because she is speaking again today. I'm so excited yes. to have her. I just want to tell you a little bit about her in case you missed it or if you are a male. She is originally from Texas, which I didn't know. We found that out this weekend. Um, but her and her husband, Church, planted 12 years ago, almost 12 years ago in Orange County, uh, California. And she also co-leads She Rises. It's a national women's conference and that's happening this June. And that is held in California. Yes. Um, in June, and so that is going to be phenomenal. I am right. hoping I can at least tune in online because June is like our busiest month. I want to be there. Um, she is a mom of two beautiful, sweet girls, church planner, wife, author of the Hey Babe devotional that um, y'all sold out so quickly on. And if you want to get that, we can get you that information at the end of service. Um, but you can email a certain email if you want to get her devotional. You can't get it on Amazon. You can't get it on a website. You can only get it directly from this email. It's such a good devotional. That's right. But I am so excited to introduce you, introduce her to you again today. She's my sweet friend. Please help me welcome Pastor Megan as she brings an incredible word. Well, what's up, Skybreak Church? Are you excited to be in church this morning? Turn to somebody beside you and tell them, I'm glad you're here. And then you can grab a seat. Man, the presence of God is so strong in this room. And I just, you know, you've already come and had church this morning, to be honest. I mean, God has just been moving in this place. If you're leaning in in those moments of worship, you can't miss it. Like, the presence of God is in this room. So much so that I'm like, Lord, do I tell my funny story to start or did we just dive in? But before we dive into the message, I do just want to take a moment just to honor Pastor Nate and Kendall. Thank you so much for the privilege of being here, being with Sisterhood. You guys are incredible pastors. I love that you take the time to stand on this platform and hear from God and you take the time to make sure that every person who's here experiences the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm so grateful for the role that you play. Pastor Danny and Janet, just honor you as well. You are, you are spiritual father and mother in the house of God, and we are so grateful for who you are. My husband and I are blessed because you're in our world. Pastor 
Dr. Danny made me cry before I got on the platform, which I'm sure if you know him, you've experienced. We're just so grateful for you. Thank you. And uh, Pastor Kendall already gave me a, a brilliant, just sweet, kind introduction. My husband and I do pastor in Orange County, California. We've got two beautiful kids, um, Brooklyn and Avery. And it is just, it's a joy to be with you at your church because it reminds me that the church of God is beautiful, it's thriving, it's growing all over the world. And it's such an honor to get to be with you guys and experience what God's doing here in this place while at the same time my husband's getting ready to preach back in Orange County, California. And I just get excited because I go, wow, God's up to something big. He's up to something big. You know, some fun facts about um, the Robinson family, since you don't know me very well. Um, every single person in my family, we are incredibly extreme about everything we do. If we like a restaurant, we love a restaurant. We go to that restaurant every single week. We tell everyone we know about that restaurant. We are extreme in everything we do. And um, we raised two very extreme children. And with the extremity also comes extreme competitiveness. My husband will tell you he's not competitive, he just wins. That's obnoxious. But we, we also raised two incredibly competitive girls and they scare me. It just runs through their veins. And um, we, we do everything to extremes. And so my husband decided about a year ago that we um, needed to create a gym inside of our house um, in, our, in our garage like a full gym. We needed everything for that gym. And he decided that we needed that, and so we did it because we're extreme. So if you come to my house, we've got a full gym in the garage, every weight that you could possibly need. I'm telling you, my husband's committed to this journey of building strength. And I was committed to this journey of my Peloton, but then I was over there watching him, and I was like, that looks kind of, I could do that. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, I could lift that weight. I could not lift that weight. But uh, I was like, I could do that. And he said, yeah, if you, if you build muscle, it burns fat. And I'm like, sign me up. I will, I will start tomorrow. And so we have been in this process of just strength training and learning to lift weights. And I thought I could lift a lot more than I could. Um, but I've gotten in there and I've, I've started learning what it looks like to build strength. Do I have any weightlifters in the room? Anybody, okay, a few of you, you know what I'm talking about. But I just learned that there's something about this. I'm committed to building strength in my body. I'm not just to burn fat, although that would be an added bonus, but I'm committed to it because I wanna live the life that God's called me to live. I wanna, I wanna live to the fullest. I wanna, I wanna experience everything with my kids. I, want, I wanna experience everything with my future grandkids and there's just something to be said about learning how to build strength. But this applies to me spiritually as well. And I think this is a responsibility for all of us as Christ followers, right? It's to increase in strength, to become a people of strength. And I've been looking at Skybreak Church and watching some of your services and I know that you've been in the middle of a series called We Are The Church. And you've been talking about the church and why it matters and what parts you play. And, and listen, if you're here and you're visiting today, permission to belong before you believe. You are welcome here. I know this church, I know these pastors, I know this family, you are so welcome here. You can just lean in and say, God, what do you wanna to say to me today? But what I do want you to know 
is that the church is a big deal to God. It's a big deal to God. It's his plan A, not his plan B. He, he has some great things in store for the church, and the beautiful thing about the church is it's not a building. Now, you guys have one of the most beautiful buildings I have ever been in. I'm so grateful to be here, but it's not a building. The church is the people. The church is the people that are, are sitting here. And we exist as a church to glorify God, to equip the saints, and to reach the lost. But what I wanna talk about today, to just kind of step in on your series, if that's okay, I wanna talk about what God wants for me as a part of the church, and also what God wants from me. Say to your neighbor, for me. Say from me. Listen, I'm a part, and I have a part to play in this beautiful entity called the church. So let me take a moment and pray for us, can I? Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in this room. God, I thank you for what you've already been up to in the moments of worship that we've experienced today. God, I thank you that there are people that walked in this room just tired, needing to hear from you, and I thank you, God, that you're meeting us here. You're already so present. God, we just honor you. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. God, we just give you all the praise today, God, and we say, would you speak to us? In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So listen, if you're here, you're part of this beautiful organization called the church, and what God wants for you is he wants you to be a people of strength. He wants you to be a people of strength, growing in and increasing in strength. There's a scripture I love in Proverbs 24 verse five, and it says a wise man, and I'll throw in there, a wise man and a wise woman are full of strength. And a man of knowledge enhances his might. That means it's growing in strength. So as the people of God, God's desire for you and me is that we're growing in strength. And listen, God wants this for you. Your pastors want this for you, but you want this for you. Strength to believe, strength to fight. Strength to forgive, strength to love, strength to reach a community. You want this for you. And how many of you are parents in the room? Any parents? How many of you have parents? Okay, we covered everyone now. If you're a parent or if you have parents, you know that parents tell you things over and over and over again when they want you to remember it, right? My daughter Avery, if I need her to do something, like clean her room, I have to tell her, Avery, today I need you to clean your room. 30 minutes later, Avery, what's the one thing I need you to do today? I need you to clean your room. And 30 minutes later, Avery, what's the one thing I'm asking you to do today? I need you to clean your room, right? Anybody ever been there? I have to remind her over and over again. My mom used to have this saying, and she would say, if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Some of you had the same phrase in your house. But she said it over and over again because she wanted me to get it inside of me. And you need to know that God's a good father. He loves you. There's some key things for you as the people in his church that he wants you to know, that he wants you to learn, that he wants you to get deep down inside of you. And the reason we know this is because he says it over and over and over again. So here's the thing. I want you to take some notes as I give you some scripture so that you can hear the word that your father in heaven is wanting to give you. Or you can take a screenshot if they put it up behind me. But over and over and over again in scripture, we see God telling his people, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Be strong. Deuteronomy 31, seven. Moses, Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, 
Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that their Lord swore to their fathers to give them. Deuteronomy 31, 23. The Lord commissioned Joshua, son of Nun, and said, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 6. Be strong and courageous. Try this one with me. Joshua 1, 7. Be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not said it? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua must have been the the strong-willed child, strong-willed young adult like my Avery is. God needed to remind him over and over and over again, be strong. First Chronicles 9.13, be strong. And let us use our strength for the people and for the cities of God. David to his son Solomon in Chronicles 28.10, the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary, so be strong and do it. And then 10 verses later, in case they forgot, be strong and courageous and do it. Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Psalm 31, 24, be strong and let your heart take courage. All of you who wait for the Lord, I could keep going. Do you think that God wants his people to be people of strength? To be strong and courageous? You know, my daughter Avery, When she was younger, she struggled so much with when we would leave her. And so we taught her early on, Joshua 1, 9, that scripture. She memorized it. We still say it every day on our way to school. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. There's something about that. You know, being strong looks different for all of us. Being strong looks different for all of us. Last year, I dropped Avery off at a a camp or to get on a bus to go to a camp, and she was excited about it, but her little friend Becca was standing there kind of shaking. She'd known her since kindergarten there in seventh grade last year, and she was standing there shaking, and little tears were streaming down her face, and she was so nervous to leave her mom, and her friends wrapped their arms around her, and they said, you're gonna be okay, and she just held her chin up, and she was like, I know I am, and she got on the bus. And for her, that was being strong. But sometimes being strong looks like asking for help. Sometimes being strong looks like walking into the waiting room for another treatment. Sometimes being strong looks like saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong, will you forgive me? You know, being strong always looks like not giving up. It's just not quitting. Whatever your situation is, whatever strength you need, being strong just looks like just don't give up. Just, just don't give up. So I'm here today to tell you, Skybreak Church, be strong and courageous. Don't stop. Don't stop showing up. Whatever the situation is in your life, don't stop showing up. Be strong. Keep doing the work to grow a strong spirit, a strong soul, a strong body. You're doing that. You're here today because you're committed to growing in strength. This is like This is like a little bit of holy weightlifting for your soul in this room today. It's a little bit of nourishment for your soul today. So you're doing the work. Be strong. But you know, I think so often we hear messages about this and we're like, I I want that. I want that thing. 
But how? How can I be strong? Well, that scripture in Joshua 1.9, I think it gives us a little insight into it. It says, be strong and courageous. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you. You see, strength is never found in us alone. God gives strength. God gives strength. It's not my strength, it's God's strength. And I can be strong because God's on my side. I can, I can muster up the little bit that I have to give, but the rest of it, it's God. That's the part that makes the difference. Take a look at this clip from one of my favorite classics. You're all gonna remember this. home and want to watch The Lion King today. That's one of my favorite scenes in that movie because Simba, he musters up all the strength he can muster in the face of his enemy. And some of you have found yourself there. Some of you have found yourself face to face with an enemy, whether it's an illness, whether it's a place of complete discouragement and defeat and the lies of the enemy have just been whispering to you, it's time to throw in the towel. We found ourselves face to face with the enemy and Simba, he mustered up all the strength he could get. Rawr. It's like this little baby roar. And I think we all have like the little baby roar. But what happened when he opened his mouth again? His father came in and you felt the power. You felt the power. And listen, that's worth a hand clap, isn't it? If you get where I'm going, that's worth a hand clap. The power of God in me is what makes me strong. That's what I can tap into. When I don't have the strength, I lean into the strength of the Lord. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, it's this instruction to the church. Be strong. It doesn't say be strong in your own strength. It says be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. This is good news because it's not dependent on you. You don't have to figure it all out. It's not dependent on your own strength. God's a good father and he cares about you. He loves you. You know, Paul, one of the main authors of the New Testament, he struggled with this. He struggled with this idea of being strong. And the scripture tells us that he had this major area in his life. It never has illuminated exactly what that thing was, but it's this thing in his life that he struggled with. In Corinthians 12, it says that he begged God to take it away from him. He said, God, would you please take it away from me? Maybe you found yourself there. Maybe you've been facing a situation where you're just like, God, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Why do I keep finding myself here over and over again? Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 
said this, it's Paul reflecting on what God spoke to him. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Why? Because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, well, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of God may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I'm content. I'm content with weakness, with insult, with hardships, with persecution, with calamities. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. This is good news. This is what it looked like to be strong. The power of God is actually made perfect in your weakness in the thing that you feel like you can't beat, the thing that just bugs you about yourself, the place where you just have been tempted to give up, his power is actually perfect in your weakness. You know, there's been a few moments in my life that I can think of, there's been so many moments in my life where I've felt completely weak. But there's been a couple I can remember and they centered around, around loss. And I shared with the women at Sisterhood on Friday night, you know, when I was 27 years old, I lost my father to a three-year battle with a rare form of cancer. Only 30 people in the world had ever had it. He was the only one who had it in the location that he did. We prayed for three years and believed for a miracle here on earth, but God chose to heal my dad in heaven. And I remember sitting in a hospital room, and I remember sitting there and putting my face in my hands, and it was this overwhelming feeling, and if you've walked through loss, you know what it feels like. You know that like sinking feeling in your gut where you're just, like, you you just almost don't even know what you're gonna do next. And I remember sitting there thinking, God, how am I even functioning right now? And I heard God say, my grace is sufficient. This is my grace. And I'm like, this is what it is. See, God's grace is sufficient for us. King David in the book of Psalms, he calls out to God in his distress. Like he's overwhelmed, he's tired of the battles that he's in and he says, God, in Psalm 18, 28 through 30, he says, God, it's you. It's you who light my lamp. The Lord God lightens my darkness. He's saying, God, you're gonna make a way for me. You're gonna make it clear for me. He says, with you, God, I can run against the troops. With you, God, I can leap over any wall that's in front of me, any place of possibility, impossibility that I'm looking at that I go, I don't know how I'm gonna get through that. I can leap over that wall, why? Because this God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in him. His strength is available for us today. The scripture says that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Hey, can I just tell you, friends, stop spinning your wheels. Stop trying to figure it out in your own strength. You got a little bit of a roar in you, but it's nothing like the roar of your father. Get expectant. Waiting on the Lord doesn't look like sitting back and twiddling your thumbs. 
Waiting on the Lord is this eager expectation, like on the edge of your seat. God, I know you're coming through for me. God, I know you're going to show up for me. It's leaning into his power and his presence every day. It's showing up to church with an expectation that when the worship team stands on this stage and they begin to exalt the name of Jesus, that I know the power of God is going to fall in this room and I'm going to experience his presence. It's an eager expectation for what God wants to do. So I'm just encouraging you, church, God's plan for you is that you be a people of strength. He wants to fill you with his strength, and it's not your strength, it's his strength. But here's the deal. Strength is not just for me. Remember, God has something for me, but he also is asking something from me. Listen, strength is for rescue. Strength is for rescue. You know, the team's going to come out and set up some fun little props for me on the side here, so I'm just telling you so you don't get completely distracted. I had the privilege to preach in Venice, Florida for some great friends of mine, and this was just in January, and we were reflecting on the crazy hurricane that hit there recently, and they were telling me some of the stories about the rescue missions, the rescue ops, basically, that they had had to go on in the aftermath of this hurricane. They started calling all of the people in their church to try to find out if everyone was okay, and there was a couple of their leaders they couldn't get a hold of. So they went out trying to find them, but the, the streets were flooded, and they actually had to get into a boat, something like this, to actually get to their friends' homes. And they're in these boats and they're headed to these homes and they're looking for survivors. They're looking for people who've actually, like they've survived the flooding. And they would get to these homes and one of the families in their church, the woman with her two children, her husband was an emergency, um, I don't remember exactly who he served with, but he was, he was working in the field and so he wasn't home. And she with her two children had climbed up onto their kitchen counter and was holding on to her kids as the water rose in their home. And they had no way of getting out. And she sat there and the church showed up in a rescue boat. And they got in there and they got her and her children into the boat They'd been there for an entire, I think, 24 hours just waiting and hoping that somebody would come. And they got them into a boat and they got them to safety. And do you know what she did? See, at one point she was this victim. She became a survivor because they rescued her. She got her kids into a safe place and she got into a boat and she said, I gotta go help get some other people. Because she became not just a survivor, but an overcomer. Come on, that is worth a hand clap. Every single one of us has been the victim. Every single one of us has been in a place of weakness where we don't feel like we can go on. It requires strength to survive. And maybe you can identify with that. But the thing is, we don't wanna just stay in survival mode. Strength enables us to become overcomers. And overcomers, they get out and they rescue. Listen, God wants to fill you with strength because he wants to do something in you and through you. In you and through you. And it's so easy in this world that we live in to only think about ourselves. It is so easy to get caught up in the me, myself, and I mentality. This whole self-help, self-care movement, which is so good in many aspects because it's helped people lean in and recognize what was going on in their own soul and get healing. The problem is, so often we live there. 
What's going on in my own soul? Get in healing for me, but it's never just been about what God wants to do in me. It's always what he wants to do in me and through me. So we can't live there. Self-help, self-care becomes selfish if we don't lift our eyes to see what God asks for us to do. But see, here's the problem. We've always struggled with selfishness since the very beginning of time. See, God created a perfect world. He created man and woman to complete his perfect world. And God is a God of love. You guys know the story. And God is a God of love, so love requires choice. Choice is free will. And God set up a plan. But humanity, if you're familiar with Adam and Eve, humanity chose what they wanted over God's plan. And sin entered the world. So essentially, we called harmless what God called poison. And to this day, we still call harmless what God calls poison. Romans 3 tells us that sin separates us from God. But remember, God created the world with you in mind because he desires relationship with us. But if sin separates us from him, he had to come up with some kind of a rescue plan, a plan for our salvation. And his plan was Jesus. So I want you to get this picture here. Are you ready? All of us have sinned. The Bible tells us that. Raise your hand if you're a sinner. This is not a trick question. All of you should have your hands raised. All of us have sinned. So at one point in your life, you found yourself drowning in a sea of shame, regret, pain, loss, brokenness. But God desired relationship with you and with me And so he came up with a solution. He sent his son, Jesus. Son, Jesus is brand new, fresh and new, still got tags on it. He sent his son, Jesus, as the the lifesaver. His son, Jesus, is the lifesaver. So we found ourselves drowning, but God had a plan. Romans 5, verse 1 through 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope and the glory of God. The beautiful gift that God gave to us was his plan for all of humanity because all of humanity at one point or another has been drowning in the sea of shame and regret and pain and brokenness and fear. This is the world that we were born into that we live in. But God said, I'm gonna send a lifesaver. And the beautiful thing is, is that when this lifesaver is tossed out, I have the ability to choose. Am I gonna grab a hold of it or not? But when I grab a hold of it, When I choose to grab a hold of it, the Bible says I have been justified. That word means just as if I've never sinned. I've been justified by faith. I know it's worth celebrating. Into, I'm pulled into this, oh goodness gracious. They really aired this up. (laughs) 
Now we're going to test my balance and my core strength. Into this grace in which I now stand. Into this grace. Now, here's the thing. Oh, my goodness. Here's what we're going to do. Church, we're getting real. I got I to gotta be able to stand in this boat because it's the grace, right? Okay. Good thing I was not in heels today. Into this grace in which I now stand. So here I am in this boat, okay? I have access to the lifesaver. I have access to the lifesaver. Now, God saved me. He pulled me out of the ocean. The ocean? It was wet and it was cold. Hey, some of you relate with this. God saved you from a place of pain, a place of brokenness. Maybe you're here and you're like, I need to be saved from that. Place of hopelessness, place of addiction. It's that song we sang earlier about the testimony that we have. God's pulled you out of the sea of shame and regret and loss and brokenness and pain, and he's pulled you into his grace in which you now stand. It's the rescue boat. And he's wrapped his arms of love around you. It's like this cozy blanket to get you dried off, to warm you up, because maybe you're a little bit cold. But it's so easy for us. To now get comfortable in the boat. It's like, whew, I made it. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I made it. Here I am, and I'm safe, and I'm warm, and I'm cozy, and it's so easy to get comfortable here. But here's the thing, church. God saved you. And you have access in this grace to the lifesaver that is Jesus. Can I get my volunteers up here? Just come on running onto the stage wherever you are. You're going to sit in the sea, okay? Avoid my shoes. We had no idea what we were getting into at church today, did we? Come on into the sea. You're drowning. You're drowning. Newsflash. A lot of people don't know they're drowning, but they're drowning. Ooh, that'll preach. Okay. Thank you, guys. So you got, you got people around you. You're not alone. There's people around you that are drowning. And I don't have the luxury, church, to sit in this boat wrapped up in a blanket focused on my self-care. Oh, thank God you saved me. God, you're so good. You're so faithful. I come into church and I worship you and I lift up your praises and I'm so grateful for you saving me. And oh yeah, I'm so grateful for you saving me and I stay so, we don't have the right to just focus on ourselves. You were rescued to be a rescuer. You are not a victim. You are not just a survivor. You are an overcomer. You have access. You have access to the lifesaver. And here's what you need to know. You have a responsibility to throw off that blanket. You can keep it around for when you need it. Let's see if I can stand up. You have a responsibility now to look around you in your school, in your office, at Starbucks, the grocery store, when you go to get your eyelashes done, 
Whatever the thing might be that you do, the environment that you find yourself in, you have a responsibility, friends, to extend the lifesaver. And you don't get to make excuses for the people that are drowning. You don't get to say, well, I don't think they want to hear it. I think it might be offensive if I throw the lifesaver. They are drowning. Well, they might like the water. They're drowning. You can see it. And you have access to the lifesaver. And your job is not to jump in the water and, and go down with them, but your job is to extend the lifesaver. Here, friends. You want to get up and get in the boat? You don't actually have to get in the boat. Just come behind it and pretend you're in it because it'd be dangerous. Come pretend you're in the boat. Thank you for bearing with the illustration. She's here. Okay, but don't you sit down. You just got saved. Get up. We have work to do. We've got work to do. So now she made a choice to say, I'm going to grab a hold of the lifesaver. She got to choose. She gets in the boat and then she says, hey, look, Megan. Hey. Hey, look. Good job. There's somebody else. She's drowning. And I can go, yeah, but I, I know her. I know her and she's not interested. She'd, she'd actually, she'd rather drown. I know, I've talked to her before. No! I don't get the right. I've been saved. I'm in the boat. So I gotta extend the lifesaver. She's choosing. She's joining the rescue mission. And now both of them are like, look, there's more. And I gotta throw out the lifesaver. You're far away, but you can grab it. Doesn't matter how far someone is. Come on. And now they're in the boat. Give our volunteers a hand. Let's see if I can put my shoes back on. I don't get to look the other way, guys. Proverbs 24.10. We read Proverbs 24 when we talked about being a people of strength. Being a people of strength that said a wise man or a wise woman is full of strength. Always increasing in might, increasing in our strength. So listen, the scripture's telling us God wants for you to be a people of strength. He wants you to be growing in strength. He sees your story and the situation you're walking through. He understands that you feel overwhelmed. He's reminding you that he is with you, that you are not alone. But we go on to verse 10 and it says this, and I want you to listen. If you faint, in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to slaughter. If you say, behold, we didn't know this. I didn't know they were drowning. I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna invade their life. I didn't wanna make them feel uncomfortable. I, I didn't know they were drowning. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your souls know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? I don't know what that means, but I don't want what it sounds like. 
if you've been saved by the grace of God, if you're here at Skybreak Church and you've made a decision to follow Jesus, you've been saved by the grace of God and you've been brought into the rescue team. And maybe you're like, I don't know how to be a rescuer. I don't know what to say. Well, listen, all you've got to do is throw out a lifesaver. Part of telling people about Jesus is just saying, here's who I was before Jesus. Here's who I am now. It's my testimony. Nobody can argue with your testimony of what God has done in your life. But listen, maybe even at that, you're a little bit scared. But you throw out a lifesaver and say, hey, I've got this really cool church. It's the coolest church you've never been to. Why don't you come with me on Easter? Two weeks from now is Easter Sunday. Let me just tell you, your friends, your neighbors, your family, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, they are more likely to say yes to an invitation to come to church on Easter than any other Sunday of the year, even Christmas. They are more likely to say yes when you throw out a lifesaver. And so often we're like, well, I don't, I don't want to offend them. I don't think they do church. They don't like church. They've been hurt at church, whatever the situation is. But we're on a rescue mission. You have an opportunity two weeks away from now to invite every single person you know to church because you know what's going to happen here? They're going to hear the salvation message of Jesus. That they were drowning in the sin of shame and regret and pain and loss and brokenness. They're going to hear the message and the, the spirit of God will resonate within their souls. And then they're going to hear the message that because of Jesus, they've been justified just as if they've never sinned by faith into this grace, this grace boat, this place where you don't avoid the storms of life. The waves are sometimes rocky, but you're safe because you're in the grace of God. He's got you. He's with you. You don't have to be afraid. This is the grace boat. They're going to hear the good news. And what I heard about this church is that the message of this church is Jesus. The message of this church is Jesus. He's the lifesaver. And your heart is for people. People that are drowning. People that are drowning. And your job is to get them into the rescue boat, which is the church. Because you at Skybreak Church, you built the church. Listen to me, friends. This is all about this beautiful entity that God planned called the church that's not a building, but it's made up of people. Messy, imperfect people with crazy pasts, stories, circumstances that we're walking through that feel overwhelming. It's full of messy, imperfect people, and God chose to use us. He chose to say, hey, listen, in those moments where you feel like you won't make it, I will give you strength. I'm a good father. I love you. I'm with you. I'm for you. And then he says, please don't let it just be about you. You're part of the team. We're on a mission. We're on a mission. We're on a rescue mission. That's why we're here. So listen, I want to pray for us. And I actually am going to pray for two groups of people. And I'm going to start by praying for those of you who need strength. 
because as we worshiped earlier on the front row, man, I just remember. There's moments of pain in my story right now. There's things that I'm walking through right now where I need the grace of God like never before. I need the strength of God. And I gotta know that that there's so many people in this room who find yourself in the same place. And I don't know what, what you need strength for. Our stories all look different. But I know that God is here and he's available and he's ready to fill you. It's part of the reason you're in the room today because he wants to fill you with strength. And I just don't, I don't wanna leave a holy moment where God's been speaking and he's been moving and not just pray specifically for you. So if you're here and you just, if you were to be honest with me and you were to say, I need strength, would you just raise your hand? All over this room. So I'm gonna pray a prayer of faith with you today. Are you ready? Jesus, these are your people. They showed up here today in your house. God, and they need you. God, you're a good father. You know everything that we're walking through. God, you know our stories. You know the intricate details that maybe nobody else even knows. God, you know the prayers that are being prayed. God, you know the prayers that are being written down. God, you know the people that are here today that just feel hopeless. They felt like throwing in the towel. They've just been ready to give up. And today they showed up in church because you wanted to remind them that they're not alone. Today they showed up here, God, because you wanted to lean in and say, I've got you. You're not gonna drown. I've got you. So God, I just pray, God, for every marriage in this room that needs a breath of your strength. God, I pray for every single adult who needs your strength. God, for every teenager who's going into their school and God, just, oh God, just ask him for strength because it's hard to be a teenager today. God, I pray for every person who's believing for a miracle in their body, for every person who has a doctor's appointment this week that they're so nervous about. God, I thank you that you give us strength. God, you care about us. So God, would you just fill this room with your presence? Fill us with strength today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, look at me for just one more moment. Maybe you're here today and you've been running from God. Maybe you're just not exactly sure what you believe. Maybe you've been wrestling with faith. Maybe somebody threw you an invitation and that's the reason you showed up. I don't know your story, but this is what I know. Is that all of us have sinned. And sin separates us from God. But God's beautiful plan for your life and mine is that he wants to do life with you. That you don't have to do it alone. So he sent a solution the lifesaver, Jesus. And I just wanna be the friend that extends the lifesaver to you today. The Bible says that it's simple, it's just a choice to grab a hold of it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to get your life cleaned up and perfect first. That's a journey of faith. It's just a decision to recognize I'm on my own. And on my own, I'm drowning. 
Maybe you've been trying it on your own for a while and just you're tired. I just think the reason you're in this church building today is because God wants to pull you into his rescue boat. He wants you to experience his grace, his goodness, his love. And it's a simple decision. The Bible says when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. It's grabbing a hold of the lifesaver. It's all it is. So if you're here today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, if you're tuned in online, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I wanna pray a prayer with you. And if you're here and you've been running from God, today's the day to come back. And I'm just gonna ask everyone in this room to be a part of this moment because we're all in the rescue boat. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're here today, and today is a day of decision for you, and you wanna grab a hold of the lifesaver and say, today I'm making a decision to follow Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to be bold. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, but I'd like to know who I'm praying with. So all around this room, if that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to slip your hand up so I can see it and know who I'm praying for. Are you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. Awesome, I see those hands. Awesome, all the way in the back, I see those hands. All around, awesome, I see you. And if for some reason I'm missing you, God sees you, and that's a beautiful thing. Now I'm gonna ask all of the people that are in the rescue boat, and every single one of you making a decision today to follow Jesus, I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer out loud with me. Just simple prayer. It's a simple declaration, are you ready? Everybody say, dear God, I know that you're real. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus as my lifesaver. Today I'm making a decision to follow you. And all around the room, whether it's for the first time, or the first time in a long time, let these words be your own. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, give a great big hand clap for what God is doing in this place. He's good. And there's a bunch of people jumping in a rescue boat today because God sees them and he knows their stories and he wants you to be a part of it. Don't forget you're on a mission. Easter's coming. Let's throw out some lifesavers. Amen? Give God one more great big hand clap.